broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio. And that let's go you hear is from Jared Justice. Yeah! Who is very excited and very amped up to be doing the show today. Q Myers is at the home of the 2023 NFL Draft, Kansas City, Missouri. Jared's home as well. Yeah! Having a little technical difficulties. Once Q is ready, where he's going to join us and get the show rocking as usual. Nothing to worry about there. But until the first segment of the show, you are here with me, Damon underscore the boss. You can follow me at Twitter at Damon underscore the boss and Jared Justice. That's Jared Justice, not just us like a lawyer, but just us. Just the two of us, baby. If you want to follow him on Twitter as well. Got a stacked lineup for you today on the show as the mock draft is going to continue. The Unnecessary Roughness mock draft, we are all the way down into the 20s. Where so much has happened in this mock draft, we had the controversy yesterday of how did Devin Witherspoon fall this I I genuinely the, like I'm confused about that. I am genuinely confused about that. Oh yeah, everybody was. Where it comes down to, where's he going? Where's he going? Um, who who did he go? I know it was in the twenties, and I know Baltimore. He, he went to Baltimore. He went to I'm Baltimore. like sitting there going, what? Yeah, so when we had Sarah on and we had Sarah Ellison, she made the pick for the Baltimore Ravens. It was one of those. What do you mean he's still there? So, you know, we do all the preamble. Hey, what do you think the Ravens need? You know, it's, it's all the preamble of what do you think the Ravens need. So, but who are you going to select for the Ravens? And by the time when it was time to actually make the pick, oh, it's a no-brainer. She's taking Witherspoon. How is he still there this late in the mock draft? It is going to be interesting to see where he goes. And also, he's one of those players, and he'll fall into the show's question that I have for today as well. But it's going to be interesting to see where he falls in the actual draft, because I know that a lot of Raider Nation wants to see him at seven. And as I get to that show question, remember that you can interact with the show. You can call us at 702-365-9200, and you can text the show at our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Show question I got for you today. A player drafted at number seven, so the Raiders are picking in this question. The Raiders are picking at number seven. Which position group will help the Raiders the most. Now, you can tell me the player after you pick the position group, but when it comes to who would have the most immediate impact when it comes to the Raiders' season this com- coming up, which player or which position group do you think would have the most success and benefit the Raiders the most? So that's why Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez at corner, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Jared, I'll ask you, what do you think, which position group? You can pick the player you want. Right off the top of my head, right off the top of my head, I think they need an offensive lineman, and that's only because, all right, so Max is a lonely guy. Max is a lonely guy on defense. They need a lot of defensive help, but they got 12 picks, and they found Max in what, the fourth round? Mm-hmm. They, could, they, could, they, could, they can find dudes. You can find dudes in the second, third, fourth round. Where was Darrell Revis? Where, where was he picked? He was a first-rounder. All right. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> then my 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 point then my point doesn't stand. But they need something to make sure 
Jimmy G stays upright because I'm the biggest Brian Hoyer fan in the world, and you've heard, unfortunately, DeMond has had to deal with my ravings about how much Brian Hoyer is is a magic man. You don't want to have to deal. Like you don't want Brian Hoyer starting. Yeah, we'll get back to that in just a second, Jerry, because I forgot to give out the guest lineup. Because in about 10 minutes at 2.15, Michael DeRico, DeRocco, excuse me, Michael DeRocco from ESPN, he covers the Jaguars. He's going to be kicking off today's version of the mock draft. He's going to be selecting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. At 3 o'clock, John McClain, as he does each and every Tuesday, is going to be joining us from Gallery Sports. Yes, John McClain. The guy you see on NFL Top 10. That's exactly where I know him from, actually. So for me, to have this relationship that I do have with John McClain now, that is exactly where it is the – Hey, the greatest plays of, you know, the Super Bowl and you see John McClain, that is the pinch myself moment. And, and, and he just is salty AF. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. No, I know. I know. He's fantastic. I'm just like, he's just always. Mm. No, he's great. John's very personable. And very, man, you got I wasn't. I wasn't saying he's not personable. I'm saying that he's like, every time I see him on NFL Top 10, he just doesn't seem impressed by it. Takes a lot to impress John McClain once you've been around for That's as long as he I'm has. Saying. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. At three thirty, Kyle Humans from Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be picking for the Dallas Cowboys. Still working on that Giants guess. We'll probably get somebody to text us in. Maybe if we can get them at two thirty, if we can get that going. And that's our lineup for today. And like I said, two fifteen, Michael DeRico, three o'clock, John McClain, and three thirty, Kyle Humans. That covers the Dallas Cowboys. So this is going to be an interesting. Question, Jared. Now let's get back to the show question before we get Michael DeRocco on. A player drafted at which position will help the Raiders the most? And you're going offensive line? I, I was. I, I like the idea of offensive line more than I actually like the execution of it. You're probably right. I didn't push back at all. I just I'm asking. This is your opinion. Oh, oh, like I can't see your face where you're you're just you're just judging me. You're judging me like a like a meerkat over there. No, honestly, I think they need to build their interior offensive line a little bit better because they have put themselves in a situation where they have a fragile. Well, maybe maybe he's not fragile. They have a quarterback who gets hurt. We've seen him get hurt a lot. And so protecting him should be a priority. You just paid him all this money. They didn't pay him that much money. And also to that point, at number seven, I think that that's a little too rich to start getting an offensive lineman when you have so many other holes on this team. Because for me, when it comes to which position group, if this guy, whoever you drafted number seven, if he can come in and be a quality starter at this point, to me, I think that that position group, I think it would be corner. If you can have a solid corner, who would help out this team the most? Where it's hard for me to say. I know that I've been on the Anthony Richardson train more than anybody so far in this draft process. Where if he's there at number seven, you got to take him. But realistically, I don't think he's going to be there at number seven. But I also know that this team needs a cornerback more than anything. So for me, if it is Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon, that one of those guys, you've got to take him at seven because when it comes to what this team needs, even a Jalen Carter, where I think that Butler and Farrell Jr., where those guys, they have the opportunity to step up and maybe produce more on that interior on the defensive line. So I think that those guys do deserve a chance. I'm not saying that if Jalen Carter's there that you don't take them. But those guys, they still need a, they still 
after that disappointing rookie season and they still have that opportunity to come up a little bit more, that those guys don't you don't have to address the defensive line. It's not as big of a need because those guys still have that opportunity to improve. But corner, if they can have a guy that can start day one at corner, and that's the big if if they draft him at number seven, that would greatly help improve this team. So for me, Christian Gonzalez, that's where I'm leaning at now. As the draft gets closer, I was thinking about that before the start of the show today, that I'm starting to flip-flop on everything that I've been talking about pre-draft. Where before the draft, Anthony Richardson, maybe even if they maybe have to trade up for three, take a quarterback, they need a quarterback of the future. But now as we're two days away from the NFL draft, I'm thinking, you know what? Let's just be smart. And the Raiders need to take a corner because that's what the team needs the most. So if Christian Gonzalez is there and he is the corner that I like the most in this draft, if he's there at seven, I'm thinking that that's who the Raiders need to select. And again, you can be involved with the show. You can call us at 702-365-9200 or text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. The show question is, a player drafted at seven because we're still going to keep the seventh pick in this scenario. Which position group will help the Raiders the most? And we know that that defense has a lot of holes. That's why it's interesting to me because we also see Tyree Wilson. He's climbing up. A couple of weeks ago, we thought that he could be someone that he probably would be there at seven. But now we're seeing him climb up to mock drafts, be at number two. But him on the edge, as we had Coach Joey McGuire on, he is a guy that I think would definitely help the Raiders out. But the combination of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, he would have, a, he would have an important role on the team, but he wouldn't be as vital to the team when it comes to spelling Chandler Jones and being obviously that first guy off to help and the versatility that he has to move inside. The versatility would be great because we know that this new regime, that's what they value the most, is, above all, is versatility. But Tyree Wilson, he would be great, and maybe even a project can help him develop. But what the team needs the most at this point right now, to me, is a shutdown corner. And we talk about that all the time. There is no Sauce Gardner in this draft. No. But it's still going to be interesting to see, can Christian Gonzalez, can a Devon Witherspoon, can one of these guys develop into that guy? And I think that that's what would help the Raiders the most. Move Nate Hobbs back into the slot and back into the nickel. Because I know that Nate Hobbs, he is versatile. He'll, he'll play wherever you want him to play. But to me, the nickel is where he belongs. That's his more natural fit. That's his natural spot. That's where you want Nate Hobbs to be. Right there inside, defending the other team's best slot receiver. And maybe if you need to, hey, maybe put him on the outside. Because we've seen he can do it. In burst, but I don't want him to be there the an entire season. And I and man, it's funny that we're talking about this as the show progresses. The more I keep talking about it, I'm talking to myself into the Raiders taking a corner at seven. It's making more sense than anything that that's the position group that hey, we see all the holes on this defense. We talk about it each and every show that it's defense, defense, defense. And me being the biggest Anthony Richardson guy, as the draft rolls around, I think that it's going to make more sense. If they take someone at seven at corner, ra- rather than what, rather than a quarterback, and I know that that's the biggest thing. And we have a Michael Durago now, so let's jump into. Oh nope! Now we got Raider Red on line one. All right, Raider Red, let's go. Guys, how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? So. <clears throat> The, the way I feel is, uh, you know, I feel that 
someone like you know Jalen Carter would be the greatest impact on our defense. So I really would love to have him. I know there are some character concerns, but I think a player like him um, of his magnitude is going to affect our defense the most. Aside from that, um, and, and let me let me just piggyback on saying that I, I believe that you know a defensive tackle, um, uh, impactful defensive tackle, is really going to make a big impact on whatever defensive backs we have playing. Um, you know, cutting down the the time for the quarterback to um, throw the ball. Um, he has to go through his reads quickly. Um, that sort of thing. So you know, I really think that a defensive tackle, a strong defensive line, is going to impact defensive backs better. So I, I'm I'm feeling like you know a, a Christian Gonzalez, but I'd really love Witherspoon even more. I think that that would be better. Jalen Carter first. Um, after that, you know, it, it's it's a pretty big drop off until you see uh, Tansy, Um and there are several defensive backs I think that could um, really be impactful. So I think that we need to go, again, Jalen Carter, if, if not him, then we need to go defensive back. Um, and if we aren't able to, uh, to get a defensive back at that point because we end up trading back or whatever, um, we need to get an impactful uh, defensive lineman. So those are the, the two that I feel will um, really help us out. Um, we've shown the ability to kind of plug and play uh, different offensive linemen to, to help things um, um, work. Really scared to, to, uh, about taking care of um, Garoppolo, uh, but I think we'll find a way to do it. They, they, you know, they seem to have done a really good job with that. But those are the two. Uh, those other two are the best that I feel will impact the team right away. Thank you for the call, Raider Rat. And I agree with you when it comes to the offensive line that I do think that the way that the team has been able to address the needs on the offensive line, I know that people forget, people love to say Josh Jacobs, he led the league in rushing last year, but he was running behind that offensive line that the Raiders provided for him. So I do think that they'll be able to, with Jermaine Illuminor, Brandon Parker coming back off of injury, they'll be able to find those pieces on the offensive line to at least hold it together. They are probably, they're going to address the offensive line somewhere in this draft, I think so without a doubt, but not in the first or second round. So to me, the offensive line will be addressed. So I agree with you there, Raider Red. But defensive line, Jalen Carter, that is going to be that's going to be important to see or impressive to see if he's even there at seven. Because I know that people like to say, "Hey, he's not a Vegas guy." The Vegas concerns; those concerns really don't don't bother me as much because I do think that once he gets inside the building, it'll be a better fit for him. But Raider Red, thank you for that call. And now let's jump into the opening drive as Michael Duraco is ready to join us. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And Michael, thank you for joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness. As you are going to be taking part in the Unnecessary Roughness mock draft, selecting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the Jags, they make the playoff berth. I mean, it's a team that's rolling, sitting atop the AFC South. What are some of the areas that the Jacksonville Jaguars should or maybe be looking at in the draft this year? Well, you know, pass rush um, and, and corner are probably the top two uh, needs for this franchise. You know, the last time they were on the field, uh, it was against Patrick Mahomes in the divisional playoff. And, and Mahomes, if you remember, suffered a high ankle sprain. and He was hobbling around most of that game, and, and the Jaguars never got him on the ground. Um, you know, dealing with those quarterbacks in the AFC, you better be able to rush and cover. 
Um, you know, so I think those are probably their top two needs. Tight end would be another need that, that this team could address, especially, you know, the uncertainty about uh, Evan Ingram. He hasn't signed a franchise tag yet. They haven't been able to work out any kind of a long-term deal. Uh, An offensive tackle is sort of a sneaky need as well because this will probably be the last year for Cam Robinson, the left tackle here in Jacksonville. He's got a big cap number in 2024, and they save almost $18 million by releasing him. So probably need to start thinking about a replacement now. So those would be the four areas that I think that they will address. You mentioned pass rush when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they do have Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. They have Trayvon Walker. With those guys, I would think that the pass rush would be secure. Do they Are they still looking for some other guys coming off the edge? Yeah, you know, Josh Allen has just not become the elite guy that they expected him to be. I mean, he had ten and a half sacks as a rookie and basically has been a seven-sack guy every year since. So he's just not that elite finisher. Trayvon Walker last year, three and a half sacks. Um, you know, they took him out of Georgia. He was more of an inside guy, uh, and they moved him to outside linebacker. So they knew it was going to be a little bit of a rough process as he transitions to, you know, an edge rusher. Um, but he, he had no pass rush moves. He had no counters. So, I mean, he's still a work in progress. So they've got to find somebody else that can kind of, you know, give them a little bit more of a presence outside. They lost Arden Key to the Tennessee Titans. Um, Dewan Smoot had... Uh, six sacks last year, but he blew out his Achilles, so they don't have him anymore. So they've got to find somebody else to come in there because if Trayvon Walker doesn't make that massive jump it doesn't become a double-digit sack guy, then it could be another year where they're watching quarterbacks just pick them apart. Again, we're talking to Michael DiRocco from ESPN here on Unnecessary Roughness. My man Jerry's got a question. So what do you think uh, Calvin Ridley has left in the tank? I mean, after a year-long suspension, does he look good? Does he look tired? Does he look well-rested? How does he look? Well, when he was in the interview with us uh, last week or earlier this, yeah, last week, it, he, he was energized. It was amazing. I, I, he was just full of energy, um, enthusiasm. Uh, you know, he's an alpha dog. I mean, there's a difference between being a team's number one wide receiver and being a number one wide receiver. You know, like Christian Kirk was this team's number one wide receiver last year. Calvin Ridley is a number one wide receiver. He's a guy like a Stephon Diggs and a Jamar Chase and a Justin Jefferson, that kind of a guy. And, you know, there's a concern. It's, it'll be 23 months between games um, for him when he plays in the season opener this year. And, um, you know, he did not have the best season in 2021. Uh, but he was dealing with some anxiety, some injuries, some depression, some, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then, obviously, he had the gambling issue that kept him off the field last year. But let, if you go back to 2020, he had 90 catches for almost 1,400 yards, and he did it on a broken foot. So if he's anything close to what he was in 2020, uh, he's going to be uh, a big-time player again in this league, and this offense has got a chance to be one of the top three or four in the league. Uh, so if, if he's... He's healthy now. Um, you know, he's certainly eager to get back to work. Uh, you know, it, it's been a while since he's been on a field. So, you know, all those things, it, it looks good, but we just kind of have to see what he looks like when September finally gets here. Now, with the Jaguars picking at 24, are they looking to be aggressive in the draft or are they content with staying at 24? Yeah, I don't see them making a move up. Um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like this is, or I, I know this is a draft that's maybe not as 
loaded as some other drafts. Um, so, you know, if there's a guy that maybe it falls to 2021, 20, maybe they make a move, but I don't see them being, you know, aggressive enough to kind of try and get up into that top 15, you know, to take somebody. I think they've got, well, I know they've got you and Trent Balky talked to us last week and told us they've got, you know, three or four guys who they think uh, are, they are confident will be there at 24 and they'll take one of those guys and be happy. Again, we're talking to Michael DeRocco from ESPN here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio. So the Jaguars, they are the defending champs in the AFC South. How comfortable do you think that they are? Is there a gap between the other competitors in the AFC South? Because we know the Colts, hey, they're going to pick a quarterback no matter what. The Titans, that maybe they could move up from 11, and then the Houston Texans, it looks like, hey, they might not pick a quarterback at two. What do you think that gap is between the Jaguars and the rest of the AFC South? I think it's pretty significant between the Titans and the Colts. Excuse me, the, the Texans and the Colts, because the, the Texans roster is mm. two or three years away, honestly, from being a team that can compete in that division. Um, you know, the quarterback is everything in the NFL, and they have the quarterback in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, and the Titans, or the Texans, and the Colts are still searching. Um, you know, the Titans, I think, are, are, are not as far behind the Jaguars as those other two teams. Remember, you know, they, had to, they lost five in a row to the end of the season, and they still had a chance to beat the Jags in Jacksonville in the regular season finale to win the division. And they were leading that game with Josh Dobbs at quarterback um, until, you know, there was a sack, strip, fumble, return for a touchdown that gave the Jags the win there. So, you know, and that's with a team that didn't have A.J. Brown, obviously traded him away. Didn't have any big-time playmakers uh, other than Derrick Henry. Um, Ryan Tannehill, again, was hurt, and he missed several games down the stretch, but they still managed to kind of be in it at the end. So I think um, you know Mike Grable is a really good coach, and his teams are tough, hard-nosed. They make you beat them for the most part. So I think they're probably the second-best team in that division, but I do think the Jags have a little bit of an edge. With Doug Peterson now being that head coach, we saw the leap that Trevor Lawrence was able to make. But what is the ceiling looking like for Trevor Lawrence after obviously having an improvement from his rookie year? Uh, well, I mean, like you're you're looking at the ceiling is him being one of the top two or three or four quarterbacks in the AFC, um, you know, and and being a guy that can lead this team to perennial playoffs and and have them in an AFC title game, uh, you know, with with. With this offense here, they were 10th in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence didn't play great in the first half of the season. And so essentially the second half of the season, he was the number two rated passer and had the second best completion percentage in the entire league. So you pick up where you left off from that standpoint, and then you know he's going to be potentially in MVP consideration if this team you know, again wins a division and makes a run at one of the top two seeds in the AFC. Uh, it, it's a tough to conference obviously with that group of quarterbacks with with Allen and Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and Lamar Jackson um, you know the best quarterbacks in the league are in the AFC so it's not going to be easy but you know another year like the second half of last year and his name he'll he'll be up there regarded as the best one of the best in the league so I think the ceiling is super super high for this kid. Before we get to the actual pick that you're going to take in the mock draft who are the Jaguars fans? What are the guys of Duval? What are they? What are the fans looking for the Jaguars to pick, or who are they looking for them to pick at that twenty-four pick? Uh, I think the fans here would probably love if Mike Meyer were there, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Um, they would love to grab him or a guy like Dalton Kincaid. Everybody loves offense, you know what I mean. 
Um, they would love if a guy like a Nolan Smith, the defensive, you know, the, the edge rusher from Georgia, uh, were to fall um, as well. Um, I, I think that you know there's a lot of Jags fans here that would probably be ecstatic if you know Deontay Banks fell uh, the corner, and you know that's like I said, that's a sneak, a, a big need for them. So, um, but you know, everybody around here loves offense. It's, it's pretty much everywhere else. So I think if Meyer were there, I think they'd be doing cartwheels for the Jags to grab that kid. Michael Duraco with the 24th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select. Brian Branch, safety, Alabama. Uh, Branch is a safety, yes, but he's also a nickel corner, and that's where the Jaguars really need a major upgrade. Um, he's the best player available left on their board. In the NFL in 2023, you've got to have three corners. Uh, 28 teams, I looked this up, 28 teams, played with a, with a five or more defensive backs for more than half of their defensive snaps in the NFL last season. Uh, the Jags had the 10th most uh, snaps uh, with five or more defensive backs on the field, which makes sense considering the conference they play in. So Branch obviously can slide into that nickel spot as a massive upgrade over Trey Herndon. And, you know, in a year or two, whenever Rayshon Jenkins' uh, time here in Jacksonville ends, he can slide back there as safety. But he gives them a guy that's a good blitzer, uh, a physical guy and run support as well, and someone that's athletic and quick enough to handle those guys in the slot. That's not an easy position to play, uh, but he would fit the bill perfectly, and that would be a massive upgrade for them. All right, Michael, before I let you go, Jared's got one more for you. All right, can you give us your best Urban Meyer or Blake Bortles story? (laughs) The best Urban Meyer or Blake Bortles story. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, I'd have to think about something. Uh, I've got... Uh, they called him Blake Bottles. Come on. I mean, I love Blake. Blake's my guy, so I'm not going to tell any bad Blake Bortles <laughs> stories. Um, I will say this about Urban Meyer. So I covered Urban at the University of Florida um, in his entire tenure there. I worked for the newspaper here in Jacksonville. So I, I covered Urban the whole time he was at Florida. And, um, you know, so I had a bit of a relationship with him. And he's a tough nut to crack. And, you know, so I was the only one on this covering the Jags now that had any kind of a relationship with him. So I thought that would be helpful to me. So in the time that he was there, we had exactly two one-on-one conversations. And both of them lasted less than two minutes. And the first one was coming off the field. Um, he comes up to me and he goes, how long have we known each other? And I said, oh, wow, since 2005. So what's that, 16 years? And he goes, okay. And then he just walks away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that's what it was. Uh, all right. Good, good, good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Uh, so that's probably one of the best ones that I can, or one of the ones I can tell on the radio anyway. Well, we'll 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 keep it at that radio friendly. Michael DeRocco from ESPN, thank you for joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio. What do you got coming up that people need to be on the lookout for? Uh, well, I have a story running tomorrow. I did a series on why the Jaguars should take this certain position in the draft uh, with the 24th overall pick. I did corner. I did um, offensive tackle and tight end. And the final one in the series is edge rusher, and that runs on uh, Wednesday. So that would be, I guess, tomorrow. Um, and you can check it out there. All right. Thank you. And uh, I hope that the, dra- uh, that the Jags take your advice when it comes to the draft pick on Thursday. 
Well, we'll see. I, I'm not sure that he'll be there in the real draft, but if he is, I think that's the guy they would absolutely love to have. All right, that was Michael DiRocco joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness, taking Brian Branch. He's a guy where we see that safety is being so devalued in today's NFL. He's definitely a first-round pick, but I wonder if he is going to be taken in the first round. But that's definitely a good pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars there as they are sitting atop the AFC South. And when we come back, we're going to get into some Dave Ziegler sound as he talked to the media last Friday. Don't go anywhere. This is Unnecessary That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And we are talking today as we continue our mock draft throughout the NFL. But today the show question is... A player drafted at seven from which position group will help the Raiders the most? We're going to go out to the don'tbebroke.com text line in just a little bit, but we do have a caller on the line. Hardcore Raider, what's up, my brother? Hey, Demond, you're doing a great job uh, filling in for Q. Uh, Q better watch out or he's going to be wearing uh, Reeboks and you're going to be wearing his Nike shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Right on. Hey, uh, Hey, as as we know, defense is uh, the most important you know position uh, or you know need on this team. But if you look at you know what we've done against uh, teams like the Chiefs, we need a D tackle and cornerback. So I completely agree with that. When I've proposed over and over again to trade back, right, mm-hmm. and if say my plan my plan of getting him a hooker fell through, well, if the Raiders traded back and we got a guy back say with a first uh pick and we got two second round picks like a joey porter or kilo uh keely ringo or if we went defensive tackle in the first round and someone like Cancy or brian greasy fell i'm not saying that's exactly going to happen but any of those four guys if we got a first round draft pick with any of those dudes i think that'd be a great draft so if we went d tackle in the first round we go cornerback in the second round or switch it and then you know we could we could maybe compete a little better against teams like the chiefs and be able to, you know, defend Travis Kelsey because that's the biggest thing. We got to put, we got to figure out a way to put pressure on the Chiefs and Mahomes. If we can't do that, you know, it's it's to me going to be a missed draft. But if we can hit those uh, position needs in the first and second round, and you know, say my plan of getting Hooker fell through, I mean, you know, I think we can come out of this draft with some studs. So hey, hardcore Raider, real quick, before, before you go yeah. in the, in this scenario, you trade back, let's say, into the twenties. When are you getting Hendon Hooker? Because you said maybe someone in the late first round, and then you have those an extra second round pick. Where are you getting Hendon Hooker in your scenario? Anywhere in the teens. Uh, you know, I think it'd be hard. You know, like, I, I think if Camp Bay's on the clock or the Seahawks with their uh, pick, I believe Seahawks is like twenty. But if the Seahawks are on the clock and Hendon Hooker's available. I think they're pulling the trigger on him, you know. So if I look at it like that, and let's say we traded back and, and, you know, our plan didn't work to get Hooker, I'm saying we go defense. We either go D-tackle or cornerback because plan B still looks amazing. If we can come out of this draft and we had two second round, at least two second round picks and a first round pick, and before this, the third round begins, if the Hooker plan fell through, we could have a D-tackle, linebacker, and cornerback that could all be starters. And that's everything we need to do to be able to compete against the Chiefs, at least defensively. All right, thank you for your call. I like it. I like it. Where it does, well, I like that he has at least a fail-safe option. There is an option B that if you trade back, Hendon Hooker is not available. Jared, you got something on your mind? No, I just am, do, do, 
Am I insane that thinking Hendon Hooker would be available in the second round? Uh, I don't think that you're insane, but teams are quarterback hungry. We keep hearing about that fifth year. If you draft him, the Seattle Seahawks, they do have two picks in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in in the first round. I just wouldn't because you hear, like, it's always, hey, you'll have that fifth-year option. You get him. If you believe in him so much that you take him in the second, why not take him in the first? It's the Lamar Jackson logic. Oh, you trade, no. You trade, but I'm not saying okay. that he's going to be. I'm saying, but it's the logic of why not trade up to go ahead and get him in the first because you have that extra year of control over the player rather than drafting him in the second. That, that's, that's the logic behind it. So I don't think that Hendon Hooker should be the guy for the Raiders, but for whichever team that maybe wants him, if they are as – Hardcore Raiders said, pull the trigger on him. I do think that it should be in the first round if you do believe in him that much. If you think that he's good, he could be a quality starter for your team, I think that that would be the option to go. And also, guys, we do have a new addition in the studio that I almost forgot to address. Danny Smythe is also in the building. Danny is known around the building as the degenerate. He loves to gamble. He loves to place his wages. He loves to lose. He loves to lose as well. I mean, sometimes he'll, he'll even go across state lines to put in... <laughs> A good bet. But, you know, before we get to that Ziggler sound, I just wanted to also introduce, if you hear that third voice, because you know that Jared is also in the studio with me. I'm a little overzealous. Yes, he is. And Danny is also joining me now. So now that we know who's all talking here, Q will still be with us maybe in that second hour by the time we talk to John McClain. Let's get to that Dave Ziggler sound, because to me, with the question that I posed today, a player drafted at seven from which position group will help the Raiders the most? For me, I think that a corner in this coming season, if they can get a starter at corner at number seven, that'll help them the most. But let's see what Dave Ziegler said when it comes to having a corner on the outside. A lot. I enjoy it. Um, just, you know, the athletic component of playing that position, um, I think is always there. There's, you know, it's fun to watch for me uh, and seeing how different guys play, different matchups. Um, you know, in, in college, it's a little bit different because, um, Everybody plays in a different conference. Everybody sees a different set of receivers. It's not like in the NFL where week in and week out you're seeing a number one or your number two. And so there's a little bit – it makes it a little bit more difficult. You have to be really focused in on the level of competition. Um, but, yeah, I always enjoy it. They come in different shapes, different sizes. You, know, guys, you have guys that can only you know, play mostly on the perimeter, guys that can play inside and outside, more man guys, more zone guys. So I always think it's fun just putting those pieces together of the puzzle and seeing which of those types of players – you know, are going to ultimately fit best for our system. And that's Dave Ziegler there talking about evaluating corners. And you do have to think about those things when it comes to, hey, which conference did these guys play in? Who's a better man corner? Who's a better zone corner? And now we'll get to that sound about him talking about an outside corner. Um, I think one of the big things is, is, is guys that can um, affect the passing game by making plays on the football. I think that's a trait that you want to see. And it doesn't always materialize in college stats, though, um, because a lot of guys are asked to play a certain type of way. And, and that's part of the, the difficulty in maybe evaluating the position. You may watch a guy that maybe doesn't have much ball production because they've asked him to play a bunch of cover three and he's playing, you know, seven, eight yards on the ball. But then when you look at his athletic traits, his short area quickness, his explosive burst, his speed, that's the level of projection that you have to make. But I think people that can make an impact on the ball is important. Um, you know, I think for for us, um, we we have a little bit more diversification in our coverages in terms of both playing zone and playing in some man schemes. So uh, uh, guys that can play man coverage, guys that you can see have a feel at the top of routes to match routes and stay in phase and those types of things. And also I'd say press technique, um, which is something I think you can improve on. But just a, a, a player's ability to play with patience at the line of scrimmage, um, ability to affect the route and disrupt the route um, from a from – a, man-to-man situation um, are a couple of the traits that we look for. And there's also the aspect I think that gets lost is tackling. 
you know, you still have to be able to tackle. You know, you get edge runs. You get, especially, um, you know, the games become a little bit more horizontal, not as many vertical runs, you know, straight down the, the middle of the formation. And so guys that can show up and tackle, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's still an attractive trait for us too. So you need a corner that can tackle. You need a corner who can also play a little press man coverage. And But more importantly, what all of these said, because uh, of all the traits that he's looking for there in an outside cornerback, but one of the most important things to me is making plays on the ball because we know that this Raiders defense needs to be able to create turnovers when it comes to being a playmaker, getting your hands on the ball, getting those interceptions. Too many times do we say, oh, man, he almost had it. Man, if he would have just brought that one in, those are the plays that they need that that shutdown corner. Not so much, hey, that the Darrell Rivas type. I mean, Tariq Willen, look at him, fourth round, but he was tied for the league lead in interceptions, I believe, with, with six. So for me, it's about getting a cornerback that's going to be able to get his hands on the ball, create those turnovers. That's going to be important. And also with the versatility of this defensive scheme. Yes, someone who can play man, who can play zone, but I do think that that press man and Patrick Graham's defense, I think that that was the biggest component that was missing that I think that he wants the defense to run. I think that Patrick Graham wants to press a lot on the outside receivers, but he just didn't have the corners capable of perfecting the scheme that he wanted to last season. We got some texts on the text line, Jared? Yeah, we got a couple texts from the uh, Don't Be Broke text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Sorry, Jared, you're better at stealing people's bags. O-line, according to PFF, was rank 10. I do think we need to upgrade, but not the biggest need. I'd go with a D lineman. Whether in the middle or on the edge, we need sacks and we need to help Max. That's from Mailman Raider. Shout out to Mailman Raider. And, also uh, his memory. Yeah, Jared, you are you are synonymous around here. You are known for being the black guy in the tan jacket on Raider yes, Nation Radio. Yes, but I, I am neither of those two things right now. That's that's how people know you. You are the black guy in the tan jacket that stole Q's backpack at the Super Bowl in L.A. That is your legacy here on Raider Nation Radio. And Mailman Raider, I agree with that text. Well, that's a good text when it comes to the offensive line. Hey, they were ranked pretty good when you look at the PFF numbers and when you just look at the eyeball test of, hey, Josh Jacobs still had a pretty good season. So for me, I do think that the defensive line, corners, that's going to be something more important to address than the offensive line. One more? We want to do one more? All right. Keeping Jimmy G upright is a major priority among a lot of major priorities. Having Hoyer play extended snaps is a death sentence to legitimate contention hopes. Taking the best offensive lineman in the draft, to me, is the biggest need despite the holes on the defensive line and secondary. I only wanted to read that because they agreed with me. All right, you got an ally. Did, did they leave a name? No, they didn't leave a name, but, I, you know. They're well, a, well, shout out to you. You found an ally, so I'm I, glad that you read I've that just text had, I've before just, any. I'm just happy. Yeah, there you someone, go. Someone, someone agrees with me. And when we come out, we're going to close out the bottom of the hour here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. If you're just now joining us, yes, this is Damon Cotton, not Q Myers, as he will be joining us as soon as he can. And we're going to be kicking off the second hour of Unnecessary Roughness with the General John McClain. That'll be in a few short minutes. But the show question that I've thrown at you today, and you can call us at 702-365-9200, or you can text us at the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. 
a player drafted at seven from which position group will help the Raiders the most? We got a text out from Jim and Yonkers. Yes, we do. Gonzalez or Witherspoon. We would be taking a gamble if we traded down and missed out on both of them. What do you think about that, D? Thank you for a great show, and go Knicks. Man, at some point, you and I got to get into our heartbreak last night. I mean, yeah, the Grizz. We'll talk. You, you, you didn't have to bring it up. There's no, there's no <laughs> wee heartbreak. I'm I the heard Grizzlies. about this heartbreak. My, bo- my Bucks lost. Yeah, but come on, that's that's not real heartbreak. I mean, but I wasn't there for the Bucks game, so I mean, you were just you were being the oh man, the Grizzlies are losing while I'm actually furious. But to Jim and Yonkers' text. I do think that that's the danger of trading down, and that's why I don't think that the Raiders should trade down because, in in reality, what are you getting? I don't think that another team to move up to seven, you also have to have someone willing to trade up because everyone says it like, hey, trade down, trade down, trade down, but someone's got to be willing to want to trade up, and I don't think that you're going to be getting back a 2024 first-round pick in return. So to me, there's no reason to trade down and lose one of these guys that you think would be a surefire starter, especially at corner when it comes to Witherspoon or Gonzalez, I would much rather take one of those guys at seven than, let's say, gamble when you get into those later picks in the first round with a Keely Ringo or someone that, hey, maybe they could be a good corner, and we all know that the draft's a crapshoot. But when it comes to the projected guys, I do think that Witherspoon or Gonzalez, those are the top two, and then there's a slight bit of a drop-off when it comes to the rest of the corners in this draft. I think you're absolutely right. I think that the difference between Gonzalez and Witherspoon and then everyone else, it's it's a good, it's a good DB draft. Like, we just saw someone get drafted in our very own, like our very own draft, just a defensive back get taken. This is a very solid defensive back group that is available this year. But it's Gonzalez and it's Witherspoon. And then it's, you know, you, you get some like mid it's mid it's a lot of mid is what i'm gonna say like it's a lot of guys that you're like yeah he's gonna play some snaps he's gonna be okay versus this dude could can he could have a nickname he could have a nickname i really don't know what you mean by that do you mean that he's like revis island like hayden's hideaway like he could have a nickname one of these two dudes could have that type of like that's that's the type of Maybe I'm too optimistic, but that's the type of guy we're talking about comparative to the rest of them. They're going to be some, you know, they're going to be they're going to be solid. They're going to be solid dudes. They're going to be Brandon Flowers. I'm trying to think of which corners in the NFL now have Sauce Garner. I mean, the nickname's already there in Sauce, but who has a corner now? I'm trying to think. Are nicknames really that prevalent anymore? Danny, can you think of anybody who's just like a great player that he's got a nickname? None that come to my head. I can't like, either. <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah, Jared, I'm sorry. You said it was like, oh, man, players that have a nickname. No, I don't think anybody corners, has a- No, but that's the thing. No, is, but corners, yeah, corners, corners are get known nicknames. for it. Like, if you are the guy, oh, okay, well, no one's going to throw at him because he just shuts down everything. Those dudes get nicknames, and that's the type of guys that we're talking about. Like. You you don't you don't see that anymore as far as defensive backs are concerned, except that it comes back around every once in a while. We had a really great defensive back group about ten years ago, but before that, it was Dion and who? But also along those lines, prime time. Like you need yeah you need to be 
above superstar to get that. And I don't think outside of Revis Island, there's maybe been what two, maybe three. Like nobody's really that. Like there are good corners in the league, but nobody is that much of a shut down corner that there's been nicknames other than Sauce Gardner. And he had that coming into the league, so I don't even count that one. I I I genuinely think this is either going to be ball like one of these guys you got the one, it's gonna be a ball hawk, and you got the other one who's going to be a shutdown guy. And that's the you're you're gonna get a nickname. If if Raider Nation radio if like Raider Nation radio listeners don't come up with a nickname and they take one of these guys, <laughs> I am that's a travesty. Okay, that'll be the challenge to Raider Nation then. If whoever's drafted at seven, if it is a corner, he's going to need a nickname. That's the that's the funniest thing that you said all day is about the, the corner needs a good nickname. But for me, about the show question, again, if you want to call us, you can at 702-365-9200. And you can text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. A player drafted at seven from which position group will help the Raiders the most? I think that we're all set here at corner. We did get a couple of texts in today about maybe Jalen Carter, somebody on that defensive line. But to me, I think that Butler and Fell Jr., those guys, they've got to develop a rookie season where they didn't get to see the field that much. The Raiders have to see what they have in them coming back this next season. So I'm not saying that Jalen Carter, if he's there at seven, don't take him. But to help the most, I think that that secondary definitely needs an outside cornerback. And when we, saw, when we heard the sound from Dave Ziegler earlier today where he's mentioning, hey, you need somebody that's a ball hawk. You need somebody that can play press man. And that press man covers that they're looking for. Christian Gonzalez, we've heard one of the flags on him is, hey, he holds a little bit. You know, some of the tricks that he uses in college, he might not be able to get away with them in the NFL. But, hey, those are some of the same tricks that you've got to have a guy doing that. And that is just something that we'll see. When we come back, kickoff hour number two, We're going to be talking to the general, John McClain, here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio.